You know, it's hard work to be a musician. You've got to go to coffee shops and have interviews and have viewings for videos and, you know, the stuff the rest of us just have no time for whatsoever. So I'm very privileged to be able to speak to Jock and to Liesl today. Guys, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Very well. Thanks, Janine, for having us. Living the life. Yeah, living the life, drinking coffee on a Wednesday. Yeah, well, coffee is very spiritual right there, you know. People always say the Hebrews joke when it comes to coffee and all, but I don't care. I don't care what the joke is. Give me the coffee and life makes sense. Okay, but let's introduce you two. Now, we know Liesl very, very, very well. But maybe, Liesl, you can introduce this jock, Skuman, to us. Who is this? (laughs) You know, he's a crazy guy. <laughs> we met each other uh, last year during lockdown on Facebook, but we've been friends for like, you know, you know you're friends with a lot of people on Facebook that you don't even know that you're friends with. So this is one of those situations. We've been friends for, like four, for more than four years, but we've actually only connected last year. But yeah, Jock is an awesome dad of a five-year-old boy, and uh, he's an amazing musician, a worship leader, anointed. He loves God. Um, God is really first in his life. And yeah, we're just connected through music and through worship. I think that's the main thing that we connected with. And he's also uh, very handy with um, customization. Yeah, customization. Yeah, he restores old cars and he customizes motorbikes. So he's very handy with his piano hands. He can also do a lot of greasy work. Yeah. <laughs> Jock, is that what you do for a living? Yeah, the, yeah, that's what I do for a living. I own Iron Horse Customs, which I started about 10 years ago. And so most of the time, if I'm not behind the piano, I'm behind the engine of a bike or something. So, so you're one of those piano players with the grease under the nails. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> Always have to clean it before music video and something. Scrub it. <laughs> okay. Well, Jock, I am not going to assume that everybody knows Liesl. Just because I know Liesl and we know a lot of her <laughs> music doesn't mean... Because you now had to get to know her. There's a big difference from knowing someone on Facebook where they only post the best things and the nicest photos to getting to know someone personally. Tell us who this lady is you've gotten to know. Well, um... Yeah, it was a, like she said, it was a strange story. It was a divine connection, actually, how we met. Um, the day I bought that MIDI keyboard from her on Facebook was the day, the previous day, mine broke. And we, we just clicked. And when we started talking, we just, we just, we were like one, one heartbeat, mm-hmm. uh, cause our values were the same. The way we see life, the way we write music, the way we worship was just everything like we're the same person. And for me, it was just amazing to see how I could meet someone like that who's got the same heartbeat, basically, for worship, for God, you know, the true worship, not the, not the showmanship. It's not about any of those. It's just about worshiping God, you know, just getting lost in the journey of music in worshiping Him. So for me... To meet her, it was an absolute privilege. And um, obviously, she's been in the music industry for long. I decided after my heartbreak, divorce, to start writing music because I'm was i a very shy guy, Janine. Uh, <laughs> she knows that she's from the beginning. I don't like cameras. I, I, I'm, I'm shy with interviews. And I had to grow out of that comfort zone to where God literally put me into a place where I had to learn to just share what I have, what he's put into me, you know, to the world. And, you know, it's a journey we decided to pursue together. And 
Yeah, we just went, it just snowballed from there, basically. Okay, so Liesl, how did you convince the shy guy who does not want to be in front of the camera that not only let's make new music together, but let's do it in a public way, release them song by song, have the videos and the whole spiel? <laughs> yeah, no, it took a little bit of convincing. Um, I must say, we were saying, you know, we just want to write together and just do worship together and maybe do a few live worship things and stuff like that. Yeah. But the next moment, we started writing together and we, the songs just escalated so quickly that we just thought, you know, we can't just make um, songs. We have to make music videos as well. So obviously then Jock had to like step up to the plate and he, mm. did, he did step up more than 100% every time. And um, yeah, he's actually he's such a natural. He's more fluent in speaking to people in front of a camera or just like in front of a crowd than me actually. So he's you know, he's looking down on himself. But uh. <laughs> Jock, tell me about you two writing together because it's one thing to click on an emotional level and as personalities, but writing together is another level of vulnerability and everything. Who does the lyrics, who does the melody or do you both do both? Usually well I must say most of our songs it just basically came, the ideas came from maybe a live worship or just playing together. And then we get an idea. Obviously, it's not from us, it's from, from above. And then we just run with it. Um, so whatever ideas we have, we just start writing together. I'll maybe have a verse or a melody and something and she'll write the lyrics for maybe the bridge or, so we, we it's 50-50. And our first song that we ever wrote together, this African song we released last year, um, we actually wrote on WhatsApp. Yeah, we wrote the whole song on WhatsApp. Yeah, we went them together in the same room. I recorded stuff on my piano and sent it to him. He sent me some lyrics and I put some um, a melody to it. And then I sent it back and he would change a few things. So that's how our first song ever was written. Yeah, we don't have a fixed plan of how we do it. If right. something comes up, we just write it. We just go with <laughs> it. With we it, just yeah. roll with it. We grow with it. <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. So uh, we've got quite a few songs being released by churches, church bands, and lots of musicians working together. And there the dynamic is different because you're part of a structure, and there's, uh, you sort of don't have the right not to agree. You know, people want to change, the chop and change. It's called humility <laughs> that, uh, that yeah. you, as part of the structure. But when songwriting is a very personal thing, and it's you contributing to something, and it's more than just a melody or some lyrics. It's part of you that you're imparting. So there is a bit of vulnerability and um, risk involved when the relationship is a friendship relationship. You know, when you're there, don't you think it's a, it's a different kind of dynamic that you sort of have to be careful to protect as well? I think for us from the start, Janine, that day when Jacques came and he bought that MIDI keyboard for me, I invited him for coffee and said, will you coffee drink? And he's like, yeah, sure. And we were sitting on my stoop for, I think it was hours, yeah, yeah. two or three hours we were sitting there and we connected in such a deep level um, about worship. We didn't even know then that we were songwriters or worship leaders or any, any of that. We were just talking about God and what we've been through in the lockdown and the divorce and all that kind of heartache and stuff that people went through. And we just connected on, in such a deep level in that sense that from the start we were like brutally honest with each other mm. and even in our songwriting when we write today we are like brutally honest when job don't like a line that i've written he said near uh, mm. let's change that or change that word and we not not one of us are like um sentimental about the stuff we write we we give what the song needs and we are in that sense i think we are very straightforward to mm. each other yeah it, and like you like you said there is a vulnerability mm. but the way 
we connected was like I've known her for 20, 30 years. So it, it just, yeah, it was just so natural that, uh, even that vulnerability just fell so away basically from the, from the beginning. So, uh, and she's honest with me. She's, she'll tell me, Hey, don't sing that note or, or don't that lyric now doesn't sound like a, you know, she, she's honest with me like I am with her as well. So we try to make the best of what we have or what God basically gave us and try to make the best of that um, through our, our songwriting yeah. yeah, and the way we are and personal experience. Every song we write is out of personal experience and a walk that we've walked. Yeah. Um, Liesl, well, I'm going to ask both of you part of this. Um, both of you have been through divorces. So both of you have been hurt and, and broken in many ways. Um, and I found that he who's been forgiven much loves much, you know, that, mm-hmm. that someone who, who's gone through that kind of brokenness, that you find that you've got more grace for someone else's brokenness when, when you need grace for your own brokenness. Did you find that yeah. in listening to one another's stories that, that, that you've got more space in your heart than someone would maybe have who's not gone through this particular hurt that you both have gone through? Mm-hmm. I think, Janine, I, I mean, you know me very well. You know my whole story and everything that happened. And I think I've, I really have a lot of grace for people. And I'm the last one that can judge anybody that's going through divorce or relationship problems or that kind of thing. Um, but definitely, I think because we've been through the same, me and Jacques, we've been through the same pain. Obviously, that connects you in a different way because we understand that heartache and the pain that's, that we've been through. But like you said, you know, there's a different love that you have for people that's going through this kind of pain because you understand it. I mean, if you don't, if you haven't been through heartache or that kind of like divorce or losing someone to death, you don't understand that pain to the deepest of your core, you know. So I think that's definitely something that between me and Jock, we understand each other's heartache and we've got grace for each other's mistakes and, and things that we've been, been through. Yeah. Jock, what about between you and God? Because sometimes God has got such a lot more mercy than people do. Um, have you found that in your, in your journey with God through this specific pain that you'd gone through, that you had to first find out that his mercy is genuine, that his love can still work even after pain and disillusionment and disappointment, and that sometimes we can be more disappointed in ourselves than even God is? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, through all the heartache and all the journey I've walked with God, uh, you know, even when the song was born, it was just a realization that even even if you have nothing, um, if you have God, you have everything you need. And that's just one of the things that just stuck with me that you can only cling to God in 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 every time, in every trials, in every tribulation. God's mercy is sovereign. His love is more than what you need. Yeah, and I think for the song, is for me and her both, the song is very personal. Um, and we want listeners to realize that, you know, that even when you don't have work, don't have money, don't, you feel like you've got nothing. If you have God, you've got everything you need in this lifetime. And I also sometimes just think that we really don't grasp or understand the, the bigness of God's grace towards us. And mm. Sometimes, like you said, Janine, we judge ourselves very differently, obviously, than other people or than God, you know, and we judge ourselves very harder than, than um, anybody else would. But I think even in this time where everybody knows about the grace of God and how it works, sometimes I don't think we really understand it. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful thing just to know it doesn't 
matter how far you feel from God, He's always, always so close to us. Mm. And Jacques, did that help you get up again? I mean, when you're down to the ground, and especially when it's not the first time, when life hits you and keeps on hitting you and you keep on finding yourself with your cheek to the ground splattered, to get up every single time, do you do it because you don't have a choice or what helps you get up every time? Um, it's, I think that's a good question, actually, because when you feel down in the dumps, in the deepest valley, you feel like you've got no one around you. And you basically don't have a choice. You've got, you can either cling to the world and all its stuff, or you can cling to, onto God. It's a choice you have to make when you're in that ditch, in that valley, in that loneliness, in that heartbreak. So it's a choice you have to make to see, okay, I'm going through fire. How pure is my faith in God, actually? Because yeah. it can only be tested when you're in that valley. And that's when you realize, you know, your core is still God. God is my core. God is what I need. God is everything to me. And I think in that situation, when you're in that valley, is where you really get to know yourself um, and know where, you know, if what, what you say is what you actually do, you know, will you do, you know, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's... You know that scripture to me that says, when I'm weak, he's strong. Yeah. I mean... There's many times that I'm speaking for myself that I feel that I can't get out of bed in the morning because it's just, there's just so many things going on, you know, and, but God just shows up every time and he just pulls you up by your arm and says, come child, you know, when, when you are weak, I'm strong. And then also God puts people in your life that, that supports you and helps you. And, um, you also have friends that say, Hey, when you are weak, I'm strong for you. So that's also awesome. Mm. <laughs> it's amazing how God knows that we can't do this alone. I mean, it's a fact. Yeah. We keep insisting that we want to, but he keeps insisting that we're not supposed to. We're supposed to be doing this yeah, exactly. in community yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day. Liesl, do you find sometimes that we need to be disillusioned in ourselves, that someone like you specifically, um, who's really talented, that you've got a lot of plan A, B, C, and D to fall back on, and that sometimes we need to get to a place where we're disillusioned with what we have to offer ourselves and this world to get to a place where we can surrender and actually depend on an invisible God. Yeah, Janine, it's, yeah, it's, that's a tough thing for me. I must be honest with you, I've been struggling the last few months, like so six months or so, I've been really struggling with that specific thing because, you know, talents can take you so far and um, gifts and stuff that God gives us can take us a long way. But at the end of the day, if you, if you, if your circumstances are difficult, that influences your whole life, you know. And so for me, the last couple of months, I've really, really been struggling with my faith. And I love God. He's my whole life and, and he's part of who I am, my DNA is in him, but yeah, I've been struggling with my faith, and it's a good thing, you know, because it brings you down and brings you back to the core of who you are and who God made you to be. So um, yeah, I just want to tell listeners, if you're struggling and feeling maybe God's not hearing you, or you're going through the same around the same mountain every single day, you know, um, we must just keep going because even though we sometimes don't feel um, something lifting or the struggle is becoming lighter. We just need to keep going because at the end of the day, we are we are because we 
are in Christ. Well, if you think about it, God's got no problem with you wrestling with your faith. I mean, when Jacob was wrestling with him and said, I will not let you go until you bless me, that's when his name changed. Stuff happens when you wrestle with God. It's when you don't wrestle with God that you stay in the same place, which is, you know, that's much worse than actually getting somewhere and staying at the same place. Okay, well, let's get to the song. Faso, you were you gave us the premise, Jock, that to to hold on to God no matter what. Um, yeah. But that's sometimes easier than than other times. It's sometimes easy to hold on to God, and sometimes it's not so easy to hold on to God. When I'm oh, done yeah. listening to the song, what's that one message you want me to get when I listen to it? Um, well, basically, it comes down to that: whatever you're facing, whichever valley you find yourself in. Even when you feel like you don't have anything, you know, there's a God above that stretches out his arm and he wants to hold you tight. He wants to keep you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you because everything that happens in your life isn't necessary because of sin or anything like that. It's because God wants to teach you maybe something and he knows the bigger picture. We only see in parts. He sees the whole canvas. So he's busy painting your beautiful canvas into his glory and he can turn around anything in this world to make your life for his glory.